Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. If you had told me I would be setting more healthy boundaries with my closest loved ones, not doing something out of guilt, and comfortable asking for the sale or setting prices equal to my worth in my business after such a short time in this course, I certainly would have told you no way. However, I'm doing all of those things and much, much more unapologetically these days. While you're grabbing a pen and piece of paper, consider this. Just how many people are actually paid to learn? Yes, you heard me correctly. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. And by the time I'm done with this course, I will have earned more than what I invested in this life-changing journey. You can always listen to our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And to get one reminder of our next show, click on the follow button at the top of the page. Now, it's time to dive in and let's get to work. Let's meet the rest of the team. Hi, this is Marcia Sertino and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. Have a blessed day. And now, time for class. And like Marcia just said, girls like to have fun. Let's have some fun. <laughs> All right, chapter nine, done. Ethics and integrity, worth passport, page number nine. One more page to go, one more chapter to go. How y'all doing? <laughs> I am still like, I really am shocked that it's been almost a whole year, our class. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like only a few months ago that we actually started. <laughs> and I'm still in a whirlwind about everything that's happening. So it's awesome, and yet... It feels so good because I am so much more aware of myself, just life in general, and it feels really good. And yet at the same time, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm in a time warp of some sort. How did that happen? <laughs> it was kind of surreal, and, and it went by really fast. And it's kind of crazy because probably six months ago, I was, I was thinking, no, like, I don't want it to go, and, and there's been so much that I've missed, and did I get all I was supposed to get out of it, and I could have gotten more out of it, and now I'm just like, okay, well, there were some chapters that I probably got more out of than others. For that time in that moment, I got what I needed to get, and the wonderful thing is is, is I got another gift to open uh, as I continue to implement this throughout my life. Absolutely. I have grown so much emotionally and have let go of things that I thought I had already let go of during this time that there just aren't any words that can express how awesome it has been. And I know when I first started, I thought, oh, my God, a year? Really? And it, it really has just flown by. Awesome adventure. Is it possible to wrap your minds around how Chapter 9, Ethics and Integrity, Word Equal Deed, the simplicity of word equaling deed? Whatever I say, as long as I do it, I'm an ethical person. That simplicity provides a clarity that might have been missing before. Has it been missing 
in your life? Has that clarity been missing in your life? The simplicity of it is phenomenal. Where the rubber meets the road, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has it settled in yet that whatever rubber you say, whatever word you say, you can change it? As long as the changes are mutually agreed upon, you're still being ethical. Has that upgrade been applied? I understand it much more clearer now, the whole process. That was a big mystery to me, I think, before, how ethics and integrity and and how contracts can be changed or altered in some way as long as there's an agreement. I never really had a chance to actually understand any of that before because I don't think it was ever spoken about before. With anybody that I've known or met, it's only in this class that I got that clarity about the whole process. I think I've had a more of a full circle of uh, experience and something that literally last week really was rooted in me was the need for me to implement a safeguard for myself right now until I grow another level in that my propensity to be a giver and to take care of everyone and to nurture everything and to overextend myself, whether it be out of doubt, guilt, shame, or worry, is the motivator behind it. I'm quick to want to say yes, and I want to deliver, and I have every intention in the world of delivering, and there's something in my brain that makes me think (laughs) that it is possible to be a bionic woman all the time. Uh, So for myself, I think it's very important for me to take that step, and I've noticed that for the, the last month or so, I've really been, especially since we started that last chapter, I've really been more in the mindset of saying when somebody asks me something, or approaches me with something, really getting clear on what their expectations are, what are the requirements, what is the timeline, and then saying, do you mind if I let you know in a few hours, or can I get back to you tomorrow or next week? And holding myself to the standard of that word, of saying I will get back to you by whatever deadline I gave myself so that I could take a more assessment of it and be more clear. And say, okay, Christina, literally, if you're gonna, if you want to do this and you're gonna do this, are you able to make sure that you keep your word on this? Because in the past, I've said, yeah, I've agreed to do things with every intention in the world, and then all of these outside things come in that I never even took into account, and now I have no way of being equal to my word because I can't make it happen for whatever reasons. And then then I go into that whole, gosh, I don't want to let somebody down, and I feel guilty, and so then I put myself in a harmful way, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, trying to deliver something rather than going back to the person and saying, hey, (laughs) this is what we agreed upon, but I I can't make that happen, and I apologize, but this is what I can do. So it's better for me not to put myself in that situation if I can avoid that until it becomes a little more second nature to me of being able to quickly assess what I can deliver on. Does that make sense? It does. So, Christina, the speed bump I'm hearing you say is is you don't want to have to adjust the contract. No, I don't mind adjusting the contract. 
if it's necessary. But it's not always necessary to adjust the contract if you are clear on the front end. I don't want to create another crutch or bad habit. I think adjusting the contract is okay, but if then that becomes the habit of always adjusting the contract. It's the exact same for me as not being equal to my word. If I go into it knowing I've got a 5% chance that I'm going to be able to deliver this, I don't think that that is fair to me. I don't think it's fair to the person that I go into the agreement with. With my volunteer work, I've had to really be flexible, and I've had to let people know that I will say yes to something, but I also let them know that, hey, there is a possibility that that could change just because I'm on call this week or next week or for this month with intake. I cannot tell you when that's going to happen. So I've learned a little bit of flexibility in my role. I've let the people know that there has to be flexibility, definitely, with the fact that I'm doing something as a volunteer, and I just never know what that's going to entail. Christina, I hear what you're saying, and I want to bring to the surface, on the one hand, you want to hold yourself accountable. That's what I'm hearing, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there are going to be times that even though you've done an excellent job at holding yourself accountable, you have been conscious about making an agreement that at that time you thought was 99.9999999999999% likely. (laughs) What I've noticed in life is when I try to control that 99.9999999999999% spirit's going to throw something in there going, "Oh, you're trying to control this, huh?" Here. You're going to have a sinus infection and a chest cold for the next 3 weeks. I couldn't have forecasted that in my plans. So my point that I want to just filter out there is I am delighted that you're looking to be more conscious in making your agreements and looking how to be more conscious in utilizing your time and resources in a more healthy way. That's fantastic. At the same time, the competitive nature that on those rare occasions where even though you've done your best job at being conscientious and something comes up that still throws all of that planning into chaos, I'm wondering what the controller and the perfectionist is going to do to you. Up to this point, I've relied more on my desire to be all things to all people for whatever the reasons versus making a decision that is a smart, reasonable decision. That's all I'm saying. Got it. Got it. You're reining in. You're learning that fine art of saying no. (laughs) And that's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I just recently said no to something, to promoting something that I wanted to, and, and I initially I was like, yes, I want to do this, but because I gave myself that moment to really be able to assess things, I realized I initially responded with a, yes, let's go do this, and then I had to step back and was like, wait a minute, Christina, you've already got goals and plans, and you've got to focus in on this. You don't have any more time to spread yourself thin. So then I was able to go back and communicate, you know, I can't do it this time. 
Beautiful. This is exciting that you're all getting there because remember how we talked about morals being a very complex soup? Remember that conversation? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Question. Overall, do you sense people judge you based on your ethics or your morals? Morals. Morals. Mm-hmm. Morals. Run with that. What are the implications around that? I think largely we are a, a people, a world that is confused about the difference between ethics and morals. I know I sure was. And mixed up based off of my moral compass. Then I put that on someone else, which is setting them up for failure and it's setting them up to be in a situation where I'm imposing on them doubt and guilt and judgment. I think largely people respond to those things because, well, we're walking through life unaware. <laughs> yep. And I'm, cert- yep. I'm certainly happy that I'm much more aware now so that those things don't trigger me as they used to. Bingo. Ladies, do you see how being anchored in ethic is a way to become mastery of whatever it is that you want to do? Anchored in ethics. Think about this. There was a point in time where they almost killed a man who told the world the world is not flat. Right? Mm-hmm. Then they almost killed a man when that man told the world that the earth revolves around the sun. The morals that he challenged when he told the hierarchy that the earth was not the center of the galaxy. Ho-ho! Right? He stuck to his ethics. He stuck to his word equaling his deed. If you study a master, a lot of masters are judged harshly by a guideline of morals. They're often deemed bad people by society from a moral aspect only because those morals, they don't understand the master has no regard for the morals, only ethics. Because ethics are the simple word equal deed. This chapter provides you an anchor point so that as you're stepping into your mastery, when all hell breaks loose, when thousands of people think you're stupid for doing what you're doing, there's no way you can do what you're doing. Why don't you just give it up? Why don't you just go get a job? Why don't you just shut up, buckle up, just tow the barge? Don't make any waves. Has that ever happened to any of you? Don't rock the boat? Yeah. And when you're told don't rock the boat, what's the first reaction? Defenses go up, right? And you want to rock the boat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Chelsea wants to rock the boat. (laughs) I'm sorry, that was just me. (laughs) Yeah. Chelsea's just going to blow a hole in the bottom of the boat. The hell with rocking it. She'll sink the damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) With ethics, it provides the even keel, right? The exercises in Chapter 9 you can use over and over and over again. What is it that I need to be more ethical in my life? Whatever that is, write it down. Then start brainstorming and mind mapping out the ways you know you could sabotage yourself. Put it out there. Do some forecasting. Do some root cause analysis. Look at your timeline going, oh, yep, mm-hmm. 
I see how, okay, I, bingo, bingo, bingo. It'll just start jumping out at you. You've got the tools now to go in and be more conscious more quickly. Have you noticed in our journey you're able to make certain decisions more quickly now? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Give me a before and after example. Well, an easy one for me would be my mom giving me a guilt trip because she wanted to see me when she wanted to see me or she wanted to get out of the house or call me all the time. And before, I would just do things. So I'd go on the spree of doing whatever I could do to make her happy in the moment. And every day I would call it the same time so that she wouldn't feel like I wasn't calling her. And I even told her the other day, she said something to the effect of me not calling all the time well, I recognize she can't remember. And, or she said something basically about her feeling better or something. I said, well, that's your choice, Mom. I haven't reverted back to doing all that I can do, guilt trip she was putting on me in the moment. That's not the way I thought it. If it's not the way I feel it, then it's just not going to happen. And I've been quick to be like, well, Mom, that's your choice. <laughs> you can choose there and feel mm-hmm. some kind of way about it, or you can just roll with it, boo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, so liberating, too. (laughs) Everybody should try it. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate saying to Christina, the hold of mom's ability to inflict doubt, guilt, shame, and worry is evaporating. Yes, honey. (laughs) Yes. Probably the first half of this course I spent forcing myself, lying to myself, telling myself that I wasn't feeling guilty about stuff that I truly was feeling guilty about, but I just wasn't doing the action, but I was still feeling guilty. And now I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, that is not my shit. (laughs) (laughs) Clapping, clapping. Christina, you just touched upon something that I need to prepare Team Clarity for. Faux, F-A-U-X, feelings. Integrity is earned when words equal deeds. Example, back in the day when I was under the gun, I would force myself to take a vacation. It was not uncommon to drop $30,000, $40,000 on a four or five day vacation because now I can put on my list that I took a vacation and I'm taking care of myself. Meanwhile, in the background, the analyzer, the perfectionist, the judge, the critic, is running on overtime saying, you're not making any money right now, and you, this has got to be done, and you could lose this client, and you're probably going to have to do this. And rah, 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 rah. I never relaxed on the vacation. In fact, I even probably got worse stress because in the background, all of these tapes were playing, you idiot, how silly of you, why are you sabotaging yourself, control, control, freak, control, freak. So even though it looked like on the outside to most people, I'm having the time of my life. Oh, my God, he took that luxurious cruise, first class this, massages every day, blah, blah, blah. My God, I wish I could live that man's life. What amazing life he has, right? Beautiful car, great house. Oh, my gosh, you just, you're living the life, dude. If I kept living that life, we would have never met and this series would have never happened because I would be plant food at this point. (laughs) (laughs) My point, whatever mind games are being played on the inside as the new wiring is taking hold, how are you 
tracking that inner subtle conversation so that you truly can be ethical. Did that question make any sense? It makes sense, although I'm wondering, am I tracking it? Yeah, I don't do that. I should. (laughs) (laughs) I overanalyze. Should I do this? Should I go on vacation? Should I go somewhere and have fun? I know I deserve it, but should I do it? Overanalyze. So Chelsea, so something kicks in and you do take that vacation and then you start kicking yourself, right? When I get back to work, half the stuff that I do will not be done and it's stressful. I let it stress me out. While you're on vacation? Yep. Especially towards (laughs) the end of the vacation when I know I'm getting ready to go back home. I'm like, oh God, I know when I go back to work, it's going to be crazy. The first part of the week, I'm good because I'm just thinking, oh, don't give a shit. But then the last part of the week, it catches up with me. Hmm. So my point to some of this conversation is it's one thing where my word equals my deed to Marsha or Christina or Chelsea or Patty or Julia or any of the Team Clarity Consortium. It's one thing when it's my word equaling my deed with someone else. What I'm asking you all now to contemplate as we wrap up Chapter 9 is your word with you. Right. Begins there, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. And you're the only one who will know if there's wiggle room. You're the only one who will know if you punked out. You're the only one who will know whether your word was your deed. You would be proud to know, Soul, <laughs> that those days of me getting to the, this time of the year, I literally used to get to this time of the year and have almost all of my vacation time still in the bucket and being threatened with losing vacation time because I could only carry over so much time. I used to always have uh, at least a week's worth of sick time still available. I didn't take vacations because, A, I didn't have a backup for a lot of my processes, or B, I knew that the person backing up my processes was going to mess it up so bad that I was going to spend the whole next two weeks cleaning the mess up. I couldn't go on vacation. I couldn't relax because I knew there was so much crap waiting on me when I got back. Now I'm like, they will figure it the hell out. And when I come back, (laughs) if if it's the best, which generally there's one thing or another that probably isn't done the way I think it should have been done, and it is a bit of a mess, then I take whatever time that I have to do and I clean up only what I need to clean up so that I can move forward and I make sure to communicate that we're a little even further behind because literally this was done when this should have been done and so I'm now having to fix this so that I can make the end goal happen. Please understand that and whatever timeline you had, adjust it accordingly. What are we going to do about it? But what we're not going to do is stress me out thinking I'm going to work like crazy hours and stress myself out to do three weeks of work in one week. It's not going to happen. I'm very quick to be like, no, it can't be done in that time frame. That's been very liberating too. (laughs) Sweet. Has that rippled into your own businesses? No. I've been doing a lot of this thinking and, and healing and soul-searching about the things that I personally need to incorporate in all areas of my life. 
But I have actually taken in the last two months, and Chelsea will attest to this, I literally have taken full days where I have not gone in my office, and I have not done any of my business from my tablet or my phone. I mean, full days. Wow. Amen. Who is this person? It sounds like Christina. (laughs) (laughs) What have you done with Christina? (laughs) It's the pay me what I'm worth pod people. They come in at some point and take over. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad they did. (laughs) Reflecting now on all the work that you have done, I, again, really am extraordinarily blessed that you've done it. And even if you dropped everything today and never looked at the book again and never even tried to do anything else, you fundamentally have already changed your lives in ways that, is it accurate for me to say you just could not envision going backwards? Absolutely. (laughs) I five on that one, Marcia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Isn't that an absolutely yummy feeling? Yeah. I could never see myself going backwards ever again. Wow. (laughs) Not after this journey. (laughs) I used to walk around just exhausted and tired, just in my soul exhausted. And I'm not saying that I'm not exhausted now, but it's a different kind of exhaustion. Like now I can recover from it. I can take a day or two and literally be refreshed and rejuvenated. Whereas before, I was like, why the heck do I go on vacation? Because I need a vacation from the vacation when I get back from the vacation because I was stressed about everything, right? (laughs) When I get to that point where my body and my emotions, everything is telling me, okay, you need to unplug, I can unplug for a day or so, and I'm like, let's go. Who's ready? (laughs) Christina, what could possibly happen in your life for you to go backwards on that? I'm not going backwards like that. It's not even an option. We we gonna fight. Whoever yeah. tries to tell we will fight. I don't care who it is. The devil, I, you are a lie. It's not happening. <laughs> Bingo. That's the resolve I'm looking for. I mean, Chelsea, would you even want to go back to the way you were feeling in March ever? No, absolutely not. One of the areas that I think about is my brother, he'll die in prison. It is what it is. I try to go see him every three months, and he's only like an hour away. I don't go twice a month. I'm not going to. Every three months is workable. I was supposed to have gone towards the beginning of this month. I wasn't feeling well, so I didn't go. I sent him a letter, said, not feeling good. I'll see you later on. I let what my mom's expectations were of how I dealt with him or went to see him or influenced me early on. Sending money, I would go more than I really felt like going, and and I just don't do that now. And as I told him one time, I went to see him. He wanted to be a little snippy about it's been so long since you came, blah, blah, blah. I said, you know, act up if you want to. I can stay home. I'm the only one that goes to see him. So if I don't go to see him, he has no visits but I'm not going to put up with him being snippy when I do go. <laughs> I always tell Chelsea that she, he's very lucky to have her because I tell my family members, I don't care who you are, go to jail if you want to. I don't do prison visits. I don't write letters. I don't 
send packages. I don't send checks. I don't put nothing on cards. You don't get a phone call. None of that. Because you are not going to inconvenience my life because you wanted to act a fool. Exactly. Hey, Marsha, I just thought about you because I think that you could speak to this very well and probably touch a lot of people. With being someone who now, with this new thought process and everything, tell us about how it feels like. Would you ever think about going back to a position where you were involved in something or you were part of something where you felt like you didn't have a voice? Never. Never would I go back to that. Once I found my voice, that was it. It's with me now. And I'm not about to let anybody sabotage my voice <laughs> and my world. Try to put me under their control or make me feel guilty for anything that I've gone through or for anything that I am doing today. That's never going to happen again. I really found this class was so empowering for me because I finally did find my voice. I was able to say what I felt, say it in, in grace and style, and go on, move on, and continue on with my life the way I want to continue. So it's been empowering for me. I can't leave that. I've got my, some of my power. Are you kidding me, Christina? <laughs> Ah, yes. I'm going to let that go. <laughs> Virtual double fist bump on that one, baby girl. <laughs> and is it fair to say, Marsha, that it's Marsha Sortino's power? It's exactly. not Christina Irvin's power. It's not pay me what I'm worth power. It's not Soul Dancer's power. It's Marsha Sortino's power. Is that a fair statement? That is more than a fair statement. It is so true. <laughs> yes. How is that different from other programs? How is that different from other programs? Other programs seem to want to tell you how to do things, how to think, how to feel. Unless I get to experience my own power, then it's not going to work for me. I have to experience it for myself. And I can't be told how to do it, how it should be done, how I should be thinking, how I should be looking at it, et cetera, et cetera. And then I really don't get to have the experience. Whereas with this journey that I'm on with you folks in this class, I actually put it to use and got to experience it for myself. And that made a huge difference. That's profound. As a business builder, I think it's yeah. very interesting. I intuitively just got to a point where I was thinking, I'm not feeling this, and it wasn't like I didn't want to be coachable. It wasn't being coachable. It just understood that it, that it wasn't feeling right, and so therefore it was stuff that I just wasn't doing because it just wasn't feeling good. And as a business builder, and I'm sure, Marsha, you can resonate with this, it's important when I'm coaching my clients and things, I'm telling them, understand, yes, there's a system that has is proven, it's duplicatable, it works. Right. But within the system, look for the concept and apply the concept in a way that is authentic to you and how you feel and what you're thinking and how you want to voice it. It's the concept that matters. The concept is what you want to duplicate. Perfect, yes. That's exactly right. 
It has to be unique for you. It had to be unique for me because <laughs> I am Marsha. I'm not somebody else. So, And it's, you don't have to, it's not like you're being a renegade or something by saying, I don't agree with this or I see doing this another way. I know for me it's been so amazingly liberating and, and empowering, like you said. I have actually a couple of mentors. It's interesting because I didn't want to conform and being lockstep in this black or white kind of way. Yeah. And it's interesting that I've attracted or I have been attracted to mentorship that has said, Christina, what in the hell are you doing? Go find your voice. Uh-huh. Figure out how you want to do it and apply the concept. Yes. And it's interesting that I've been attracted to that kind of mentorship that didn't want to lock my hands but wanted to set me free, didn't want to give me answers and say, just do it this way, but wanted to give me a concept, a principle, and say, now figure out how to find you, how to apply you on this spectrum of this principle. You couldn't have said it any better. That is exactly right. Yeah. So, Chelsea from one master's in social worker to another master's in social worker. What are you noticing about what I'm doing to the field of social work? It's like a lesson in you're there to help people. That's why you became a social worker most likely. But you can't do it all for them. You try to teach them ways that they can take control of their life and do their thing without feeling like you failed if they don't do it. You put that responsibility on the person. That's part of it. One of the areas within the social work profession that I find myself at war with is how the social work profession leeches off of potential, meaning if my program has helped you become successful, then my program is successful, and I can now do this and this. If, as a therapist, I see that my way of doing things has helped you become a successful person, well, now I'm a successful person. No. Uh-uh. Right. Your potential is your potential. It is not exactly. my potential. Exactly. I can light the fuse, but if that fuse is broken and it isn't going to get to you to light you, that's... Too many social work programs force it. True? Mm-hmm. Very true. When have you felt forced by me? I've not. It's been like a journey for me where you take my hand and go, okay, Chelsea, look at this. What have you been doing? How can you do differently? <laughs> Why have you been doing it? It's like a personal journey down a, a path. I kind of... See, I'm disagreeing a little bit. In the beginning, I did feel forced by you, but it wasn't forced to to do what you were saying. It was forced to wake the hell up. I can see that. (laughs) Like, hello. So it's it's my fault I unplugged your potential. Uh, I can live with that. (laughs) (laughs) You are the unplugger. (laughs) <laughs> well, seriously, look, so come on now, you know, I think that it was a little more heavy-handed in the beginning to shake up some, and I think that that was necessary because, good Lord, there's some strong personalities up on this, on this team. <laughs> I would 
was always having to explore, okay, Soul always talks about a method of madness. Let me see. What's his method of madness here? <laughs> I, in the beginning, I found myself thinking, if this bald-headed man don't leave me alone, I don't know what he's talking about, but I, what? <laughs> <laughs> I had there to get is, that in there. There it is. There it is. <laughs> had to get that in there. Well, there is no method to my madness. <laughs> there can't be because everything is always unique. The fact that 50% of team clarity dropped out at this stage of the game, many programs would have folded. The fact that 100% of the tools being offered to you is being utilized at about 0.5%. That's just the way it rolls. And I'm grateful for that 5%. I'm grateful for everything that you're doing because I know that like after a long drought and rain finally begins to happen, after a long drought, if it thunderstorms if it rains too quickly what happens when the ground is too dry flood if it rains too quickly the water tends to stay on the top because the the ground has been so hard for so long and it ends up eroding the ground because it washes off doesn't it yes now if there's been a long drought and for the first month or two maybe it's just a light mist a light fog, barely a drizzle, where it's slowly preparing the soil, and the soil is sponging it up, and it's going deeper and deeper and deeper. And then it begins to lightly sprinkle. Maybe it lightly sprinkles for a couple of months. Yeah, you miss the sun, but we need the water. And so the ground is, again, it's reacclimating to what it can be. And then finally, an actual rain happens, and the flood doesn't happen because the ground can now receive the rain, right? Right. Right. That's what gratitude is for me. Gratitude is like rain that's happening after a long drought. Gratitude is like the mist, the moisture, the ever so careful nurturing, the preparing, the knowing that step by step, inch by inch, level by level, things are changing. And so in our last chapter together, the gratitude that I feel towards you all may be unsettling. The gratitude you may feel from me may feel uncomfortable because it could be perceived as expectations. We've talked about that before, right? Christina, you and I have kept it real. There have been many times where I can feel you, Christina, wanting to do certain things. And I said, hold off. Hold off. While I would appreciate that, and that would be fantastic, please hold off, right? Is that true? Mm-hmm. Was that surprising when I told you to hold off? No, it wasn't surprising. But it was very appreciated. You all are getting into that sponge space now. You all are getting into that space of maybe for the first time in a very long time sniffing your potential. You're beginning to like 
when you put the roast in the oven or the bread in the oven, there's that magical moment where you're in some other part of the house and you go, oh, God, that smells good, right? <laughs> yeah. Are you smelling your potential now? Yes. <laughs> what are you smelling? I'm smelling a lot where I don't feel guilty for some of the things that I've done in the past that I can release that and see the situation for what it was without beating myself up. It's pretty awesome. Mm, yum. I'm just feeling super empowered in everything that I'm doing. I can't even explain it. It's just it's such an empowering feeling to know that I can make the changes I need to make, to know that I can move forward without any doubt, guilt, shame, or worry in my life. I, it just is, it's just amazing. It's almost like knowing that I can tap into my divine self and that everything is going to go as it should. That's just how I look at life now. It is what it is. It, it will be what I make of it. As long as I keep going. I'm going to be 60 in April. For so many years, I was just stuck in that rut. And for the first time, I feel like, wow, I can look at 2016 with some joy and wonder and go, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I think the best way for me to explain it is just the, the confidence and the knowing inside. I remember when I was playing ball. I was always that kid that would take the last second shot or I wanted to be the one up the bat with bases loaded, two outs, then down four runs. I wanted to be that one because I knew that whoever was guarding me or whoever was pitching to me or whoever was hitting, like, I knew that if I was part of the equation in that scenario, you couldn't tell me that we weren't going to win. I had this. And I had spent the whole first three quarters getting in whoever who, whoever was guarding me. I was getting in her head so bad, like she could she knew she couldn't handle me. I don't care if she was one of the top players in the state. Please understand this, right? And having that feeling in every area of my life right now is just great to be that confident and to have that kind of knowing, and to know that I can turn it on and I can turn it off however I want to do it, whenever I want to do it. And I'm just like, whoa. It's growing, like it grows all the time. So I guess that's the best way that I can explain it, is having that kind of confidence in every area of my life. Woohoo! <laughs> so here's the sole paradox for today's class. Everything you're feeling, all the potential that you're feeling, has been, is now, and always will be there. If there's any inkling, any thread, any dust of regret, and one of the more natural things that can happen at this stage in our growth process together, as you look at all the work that you've done, as you look at your timelines, as you look at your mental loads of laundry, as you look at your stuff, as you look at your skills, as you look at your mentors, there might be an occasion where an old routine will kick in, and that's called regret. Oh, God, why did I... Dot, dot, dot. Very easy to happen. Very subtle, too. People will show up in life 
that will remind you of what you should have, would have, could have done. Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to add to the ground rules one more item that you have to write a $100 trillion check for. Regret. Deal? Deal. Deal. That's good. All right. We have concluded our initial ethics and integrity version 1.0 upgrade. Press enter to install. (laughs) (laughs) Installing now. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Any personal ahas of your own? As one of many Pay Me What I'm Worth team captains, it's my role to help you get serious about removing blocks to your success as well as live a more stress-free, confident life. Wonder if this course is for you? If you are a serious action taker committed to playing big in life and being your best you, I look forward to seeing you in my next class. Call me at area code 423-737-5809. Again, that's 423-737-5809 to talk about your next steps. Before you go, let's continue this discussion in the comment box below. You can always help other people have breakthrough moments when you share this show across your social media. I look forward to speaking with you. You're listening to Christina Irvin, one of the many team captains for Pay Radio. Definitely radio worth listening to. Have a great day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.